girls at the club. They'd invite them up to the house, and that's where the turning out would happen is up at the house. And I tr did try to warn a couple women, you don't want to go there, you know. Now, we... <laughs> they just were not listening to me. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, they're, like you said, they're called up. But um, it, when you say the house, is that Weldon's house? Is that, Or is that just the, all their house? You know what I mean? What kind of house are we talking? The house. Well, there was more than one. Yeah, there was more than one house. There, okay, there was, it was a huge two-story house. And that was kind of like the party house, I guess you call it, because, and then the drugs would come out, and then, you know, of course, that's where they'd sell the drugs. You know, cause, of course, it, it's, again, like multi-level marketing. You're going to a house party. You're going to be buying shit, you know? Yeah. And then, and that's the way I looked at it is, oh, well, they're selling shit. And then I'd go in the kitchen and sit down and have coffee and let them do their thing, you know? Then there was the house that they took me to where the phones were. Because later on, when they were showing me how to operate the phones for the escort service, the phones were in a completely separate house that was a block from the club. Yeah. Again, it made it harder if you got a search warrant. If there's any complaints about what happened at the party house, the phones weren't there. That's why they kept them. The phones were completely at a separate, and nobody ever went to that house now. Phone and house, then, that's then so there was Yeah, there was the phone house. Then we had a trick pad. It was just a straight trick pad. I mean, it was just an apartment where, you know, if somebody wanted an afternoon, whatever, they'd, now, that's now, what all that was. Now, for a straight trick bad. For those who don't understand the word trick. A man, is, a man who's buying sex. Yeah, a man who's buying sex. They call them tricks or johns generally. I understand they call them different terms now. I'm old fashioned. Uh, that's I what guess, I'm saying. I just want the trick pad it, is just a mm -hmm. is just a, a. It's a house where yeah, a guy wants an afternoon quickie. You're in, you're out. There's laundry there, so you can clean up, oh, do your business. God. It's a small, tiny little place, and that's all that's done there. It's just tricks or tricks. Nobody sleeps there, you know. Yeah, and you're and saying. That's gonna, go ahead. And 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 that's because I mean sometimes you don't want to have everybody that you just want to do your business and you don't want the personal business or the men exposed that's crazy so you got the club and you got the you got the phone house you got the party house and you got the trick pad mm -hmm. and those are the four yeah <laughs> the four spots that's that's crazy you know the longer you're around this family and, and get to understand them because this is another thing Weldon was teaching me he wanted to teach me how the business worked yeah. so he was showing me how everything was laid out at this time. This is my, you know, horror 101, so to speak, on how all this business is run. And then um, what put it over the edge was my mother's check stopped coming in. And my mother calls me up and says she's got no way of paying the rent. She, she doesn't have a check coming in. She doesn't know what to do. And, and I have to come home. And I'm like, I'm not coming home, you know. And she's like, well, I can't pay the rent. So I in my mind, it's like, I've got to come up with the money to help her pay the rent, or I've got to go back and move in with this crazy lunatic. <sighs> so I, that's when I was like, I'll just take the next level where I can make more money with the family. Wow. And that's, that's what I did, is I told Rock, I said, I need more money. I want to take this to the next level. And that's when he took me over to the phone house and said, Gina will show you the ropes. Oh, wow. You know, and started me out with the phones. Tina was the one, when, when I actually... Um, well, we would advertise um, um, in magazines like Playboy, Hustler, you know, that kind of thing, Yellow Pages. They're, you know, we were call girls, so the phone calls would be coming in, total strangers. So she'd be teaching me how to screen the call so that I knew it wasn't a cop or a maniac, you know? Yeah. 
and or a time waster, you know, somebody that just gets a kick out of sending girls on wild goose chases. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. sometimes guys are looking for a woman to beat up on, and they think wow. that we're a convenient outlet. That's so, I mean, you've got to distinguish about why are they calling and get a gauge for that on the phone. So there is a lot that goes into screening to determine what this guy wants, where his head's at. So, I mean, so how do, how do you, I mean, is it a whole process? I don't want to go too deep into the technicality, but is what 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 would you how would you know yeah. a cop between someone else? Well, back then, the we would we would only send girls on calls if the number was listed in the phone book because then we could match the name with the address and have a pretty good idea it wasn't a cop, you know, mm-hmm. and and also it's a pretty good idea it was a real address and a real name. So we just would only send girls out on calls that were listed in the phone book. I mean, that was one thing. If the guy wasn't listed, it was a whole other process. If he wanted us to take the risk of going out to some strange address with some strange man, you know? Yeah. We weren't streetwalkers after all, you know? Yeah, yeah you guys got a system, I mean, right? <laughs> That's like... Yeah. And then that was another thing. We'd then leave the address where the girl was going with somebody and know, let them know what time she was due back. So if she disappeared, somebody go looking for her. You know, that kind of a thing. No, it's interesting. Um, Second week, she taught me how to go into a call, how to walk in the door, how to screen the house. Okay, so so you're following Tina around as she shows you the ropes, I guess we would call it. And and do you remember your first time? Were you nervous? I mean, not to get too personal. Um, You know what I mean? Was it, is it something, you know... You know what I mean? You just go out and get the job done, and that's it. Half hour, hour. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it works, so I'm just. Yeah, I mean, my my first time was really crazy in a sense because it was actually really dangerous, and I don't even like it's, I said I've got some screw loose. I really do because you know I could I I could almost got my head busted in on that call. Hmm. That really was a a call gone bad, and well, Tony evidently was on this call in North Hollywood, and she was in trouble. And she called me on the phone saying she's in trouble, and I couldn't reach anybody. So the only thing I could think of to do was to basically go rescue her. And this was the first time I'd gone into a house by myself, really. And, you know, the guy was saying he was unhappy. He said that she wasn't what he expected. And and I didn't know what to do. I mean, you know, I just didn't know what to do. I just knew I had to get her out of there. She was calling for help, you know. Yeah. And then... um. As I as I walked in, I did what Tina taught me, which is I went to go check out the bathroom, right? Why do you check the bathroom? And it's because there might be another guy hiding in the bathroom. Wow. So, that's a common. Yeah, that's go, common. Common enough to be a protocol to go into a house and check a bathroom. It's a protocol. I mean, Tina taught me what you do is you say, "Oh my, what a lovely house! Do you mind if I look around?" And you pretend to be curious, and in the meantime, you are really scoping out their closets and their bathroom for a hidden man. And there was a hidden man in this bathroom because I opened up the door and this man, ah, you know, I mean, was like a little shocked that I'd opened up the door on him, right? So he comes out trying to look nonchalant after I've discovered him in the bathroom. What? And I, I, I watch him, I watch him pawning this big old flashlight behind his back. Now, I'm not stupid. I know what he's getting ready to do. He's getting ready to take this flashlight to my head. So I'm going, ah, this guy's going to literally, you know, come at me with this flashlight. All I could think of to do was stacking to get him to freeze long enough for her and I to run our ass out of there. Yeah. And that's what I did. You know, I threw a stacking technique at him, which was essentially I told him, 
tell me what your perfect day, you know woman is, the one that would make you the most happy. Now, while he's visualizing this perfect woman, his brain will go into lock. When you're fantasizing something and you're visualizing it, your brain literally locks and your body stops moving. <laughs> so I threw this at him. His body locks just long enough. I grab her. We run out the door. What, you guys run out and you just get in the car and take off, like, kind of thing? Took off. Took off of my little convertible. Yeah. Jumped in the car and ran off, you know? Yeah. And then and then I told Tina what happened, and everybody was all excited that I got Tony out of there in one piece. And, and yeah, then And then, well, Tina had started easing me into calls with her. She wasn't stupid. She knew I was not going to go to some strange man's house. So what Tina would do is she said, I'm going to have you drive me. And she would pay me to drive her. That's how she started it out. Hmm. And so I drive her. And then it was, you got to come in with me. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'll wait out here. No, you're coming in with me. She said, you have to see how I handle these guys. You you learn that way. Okay, okay. So I'd go in and watch how she'd handle coming in the door, the the greeting, the, you know, getting to know them. I mean, yes, I did pick up on everything about how to walk in, how to introduce yourself, how to collect the money. What you do is you don't want them to know that you're there alone. So plus it's a way to get more money. You tell them that the service sent you, so you have to check in with the service. And the service has to know that you collected their fee, but that you and him will talk about your tip later once the agency's got their fee. And then you say, now, that's their money. Now let's you and I talk. What would you like? And, you know, you know, uh, just essentially, okay. you know, it's like a deposit. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, the agency fees just to get you to the door. So gotcha. now I'm here. Now what do you want? You know, and then that whole dance there. And, you know, the guy would say, well, I just gave you $150. Oh, no, that goes to the agency. I don't have anything to do with that. Oh, my you Lord, know? you little scammers. <laughs> Oh my so, God. I mean, this is the way it worked. And sometimes, it depended. Sometimes she had the nude maid scam. Uh, sometimes we'd go in as nude maid. So you'd dress up in a maid costume, topless maid, and you'd wiggle around a little bit until they'd cough up some tip, you know, or or dancers. I mean, if you go, I mean, it just depended on what you were there. Were you there as a dancer? Were you there as a nude maid? What were you there? Dancing yeah. topless. I mean, singing topless. What the hell? There was always some kind of routine depending on what they called for, right? Yeah, that's so interesting. Because remember, we're trying to fly under the radar of it can't be straight prostitution. Yeah. I mean, it was right in the yellow pages under party planning. I mean, this it was right there, dances for your party, and all the yellow pages long before there was an internet. So everything's being run, like, basically under the radar. What's the weirdest costume you ever had to wear, do you think? What's, like, one where you were like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Is there any weird ones? Like, you know what I'm saying? What was your most odd experience, or were they just all kind of the same? The only one I thought was really bizarre was some guy that wanted me to dress up like a really cheap hooker, and I got that. He wanted me, but he kept putting makeup on me. He wanted more, like, clown makeup. It just, he kept going, no, more ruse, more ruse. I mean, to the point where I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I looked like a freaking clown, right? That's what hit floated his so boat. I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh it's his Lord. money. I mean, but this you is where you're going, order. this is where you're negotiating the tips, where you're saying, what do you want? I want you to put on cheap makeup. Okay. You know, how much have you got for that? And then, and then. Well, no, what more? Well, how much you got for that? You know, you just keep going with yeah. more they want, the more they pay, kind of a thing. 
Wow. So it's all fine. I mean, that's all he wanted. He didn't want sex. He wanted you to be dressed up really cheap for oh, some Oh, so there was reason, no sex man, after really this? It was it just, on. wait a second. That was it? Most of the time, fetish, most of the time, fetishes are not sexual. Not really. Oh, my God. So no. what would you say percentage-wise? For every call you did, what was the percentage that weren't sexual? If you, if well, you... it would depend on screening. I mean, I wouldn't go on a lot of the sexual calls. I would go on the fetish calls. Yeah, I would you, too. They, Fucking well, right. <laughs> Those are easy. I mean, and you get, yeah, because, well, they take longer and they're more difficult mentally. Yeah, but it's still the more. Sex call, you got to realize a sex call is over in 10 minutes. Boom, boom, it's over. 10 minutes, it's, sex is actually quite easy. It's over in 10 minutes. These other calls require some thinking. They can go on all night. They're they're very strenuous mentally. Some so you, of them can be very difficult on you mentally. I mean, it just depends on what. I mean, when you've got a guy that's having you to pretend to be a little girl, so oof. he can act out his fantasy with children. I mean, those kind of things are very difficult to deal with. You had to do that. I've done it. Oh my lord! I used to have a client. I would have a client who every month would talk to me about his fantasies for little girls, and he would talk to me so that he didn't express them. He said, as long as I get them out with you, then I'm not going to act on them. And I would see him every month when he would get paid. He'd express all these really sick <sighs> fantasies, and I would sit there and listen, because in my mind, okay, he's not acting out on them, okay. So, I mean, I do feel that we do provide a valuable service. I don't know who else would have helped this man. But this is what Tina was teaching me. Is as I'm going on calls with Tina, she's teaching me like one week we did the sex calls. The college boys, the college boys all want to get laid. You know, they're ten minutes in and out. Okay, we did college boys. They're easy. Then another week we would do the fantasy calls, and she'd show me how to deal with fantasy calls. I mean, it was she was literally my mentor. Where she would take me out and and walk me through every imaginable type of call there was oh my god she would throw me in the deep end of shit and just like the bachelor party week oh that was just she knew to lie to me she just told me we're just going on a call next thing i know i'm in a bachelor party with 300 horny dudes running around i'm like what have you got me into i mean just she just knew to lie to me i wouldn't have walked in there otherwise you know and then i've got to figure out how to get out of there in one piece at that point but and the whole time I'm swearing under my breath at her for getting me into this situation. But but that was how I learned how to handle a crowd. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah, then, that's dangerous. I mean, Dylan, I mean you got... Oh, 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 you got 300 horny dudes tearing and grabbing on you. You're damn right it's dangerous. And, and I, I did learn at a bachelor... We had 300 men, and they one time they started literally grabbing me. I had one man on each arm, one man on each leg. They were all wrestling who got to fuck me first. Oh, my Lord. And I was terrified. I was like, ugh. I mean, I'm about to be gang-banged by a whole house full of men, right? Jesus and Christ. I, she just looked at me. She just looked at me and said, Mommy Tone. And I did what she said. I got up and I let me go. And I started speaking in that mommy tone that you get when you're chastising a little boy. What do you say? And it's weird how it's ingrained in men, that mommy tone. It worked. They let me go. What did and you I'm say? Like, do you, you remember? guys show me some respect. Now, what at a time. And I mean, I just started going into mommy tone and ordering them around. And oh my God, the whole the whole wave parted. Well, they're probably like, whatever. What do we got to do? Yeah, yeah. That I think it's just you gave you gave direction. You know what I mean? They're like, all right, we can do oh that. Oh my 
God, it just blew my mind how they completely obeyed me when I put in the money dough. <laughs> they just want to. They just want to know what do I gotta do? We go wait in line. I'll wait in line. You know? Oh my God. So what? I mean. Yeah, they were kind of like, oh, okay, we'll wait our turn. All right. You know? I mean. <laughs> that's a mess. Absolute mess. The only time though I really balked her was the week she said she took me down to Hollywood and Vine or something downtown where the red light district is, right? And told me to get out of the car, and I said, oh, no, you're not. She's like, you've got to learn how to turn street date. I said, I will not do it. I will. I said, that's where I draw the line. I will not turn the street date. I am not getting in a strange car with a strange man. Uh-uh. That was the only place where I really put my foot down and said I wouldn't do it. Fucking right. Fuck and she gave me, well, she gave me an interesting lecture about that because I. she's like, why? You're too good for a street date? I go, well, one thing, they don't pay shit. You know, I mean, they're like, we're getting $100 an hour, and these the guys on the street, you're lucky to get 20 bucks a shot, right? The street dates are the guys that don't want to risk the phone calls. They're the ones where you're getting the serial killers and the maniacs and the rapists because they're not going to give their phone number out to a service, which is why I just put my foot down and said, no, no, not doing it. I don't care. She said, you need to learn. I said, I don't want to learn. I don't care. Good for you. I mean, that was the only time I, I balked. I just, it just seemed, you got to realize, there was a record number of serial killers in L.A. in the 80s. There was no way I was getting in some strange car back then. Mm -mm. I hear you. When I went up to the house that first night where I was sort of being welcomed into the family, when I'd started working the phones and Wilderness just handed the keys over to, to Larry and Vivi to your house. I'm like, why? And they said, well, well we're moving rock in. Why? You know, it's just, well, yeah. it's just the way it is. Gotcha. You're part of the family now. You're going to be learning the game. you got to have a man. Okay. I mean, it just it just was the way things were done. Yeah, so I come home, and I run by, you know, Rock, everything that had happened with this guy, everything that was said, da-da-da, and then Rock would say, this is what you do next, this is what you do next, this is what you do next. And he would take me through how to do the long cons. Because one of the oldest cons there is, is I'm being forced into this business and I don't have any choice and I need this money to get out. I mean, that is one of the longest, I mean, that was one of the first cons Rock taught me. You know, is you get a guy who's really sprung on you, right? And then Rock would show me how to talk to him, how to handle him, how to ease him up into the situation to where you really like him. And you really want to be with him, but you have to do this because you've got these people that you answer to and you have to buy your contract out from them. And, you know, they need so much money and that's the only way you're ever going to be free. And, you know, well, how much do you need? Well, this is what I need to give them to get out of this contract. And, okay, Damn, here's the fucked. money and then you never see them again. You know, I mean, it's all a con, man. You know, oh and, and that was the thing Rock was teaching me is how to talk these guys out of a hundred grand in one whack. I mean, ten grand in a whack, fifty grand in a whack, whatever it is you think that guy's got in the bank. You know? You sneak. <laughs> oh. Well, let me tell you something. I'll be honest with you. This is the thing. In the beginning this used to bother me, okay? Yeah. So I would I would tell I would tell Rock I'm not doing this I'm not doing this I prefer honest sex for money and I'll earn my money that way I really put up a lot of fight yeah and finally finally what I did was my own ethics okay is I remember the very very first long sweetheart con is I was supposed to meet the guy at this Denny's he was supposed to give me ten grand to buy out my contract right. Let me tell you so I felt horrible. Now, I this is a weird personal rule. I think every con artist has their own little personal rule. 
Okay, my little personal rule is I'm not going to fuck somebody over that I haven't been straight with. Okay? Yeah. And I mean seriously, straight with. So I sat him down when he came into the Denny's and I told him straight up, straight up, do you really think I'm going to run off in the sunset and marry you after this? Really? Really? You know? I mean, like, letting him know. And I looked at him and I said, you know, if I really wanted to, I'd just walk out of here with you, right? You know? And I mean, he's just oblivious to me. He's just in, he's pushing the money at me. And, and I said to him, I said, you do know that I'm going to walk out of here with this money and you are never going to see me again, right? And he's just, like, not hearing me. I think... And it's like... Go ahead. Okay, you know? And, I mean, in my mind, I told him. I told him. I I was very straight with him uh, what I was going to do. Hold on a second. Let so, me... Let, hold on. Can I pause here? Can I pause this? Because I, I, yeah. I hear it. So, how long does something like that take? Like, that one in depending particular? Depending on your trick, depending on your mark. I'm just... <laughs> your mark. That off in a day, depending <laughs> on the mark. Oh my God. Some marks take a couple months. Some take a couple weeks. Some I've turned in two days. You've turned a guy in two days. How much did you get in two days? Fifty grand. Two so, days. So explain that one. Same thing. I'm tied to the, I'm tied to these people. I'd really love to be with you. I feel really comfortable with you. I'd, I'd love to be with you. I'd yeah. love to leave this life behind. You know, but I have to buy out my contract, and this is what I owe them. And da 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 da. And then what, you sit at the table and he hands you 50 grand cash and you walk out with a smile? <laughs> he literally went into the safe and handed me the money. And I, and like I said, my own personal ethics is I said to him, I said, you do know I'm going to take this money and you're never going to see me again, That's right? That's fair. He just, he just looked at me and he goes, whatever, whatever you want to do, honey. I'm like, okay. Take that 10, I'll take I that mean, five. Or what is it? How much was it? 50 grand? Yeah. Oh, you bastard. Oh, my Lord. Oh, so, Tina taught me the prostitution end of it. Rock, Rock taught me the con and the training. And then I remember when Rock was living with me, I got in this weird, I mean, I got real testy about taking care of him. I was not happy. I did not want to be like Sharon. I did not want to be like Mom. So I'd get really testy with him sometimes. Yeah. And he'd, he'd start saying to me, well, what the hell else do you expect me to do? And I'd come back, get a job, motherfucker. I mean, just, you know, I mean, I'd be like that. And so, and he'd be like, you just don't understand. And i go, oh, I don't understand the pride of the black man, right? I mean, I mean, we used to have some fights like that, right? Yeah. He goes, I'm going to prove to you that you are wrong. And he said, it's not as easy as you think. Because remember, this is a young, good-looking, articulate man. There's nothing wrong with him. So he tells me, he says, I'm going to prove to you that, that I experience things that you just don't understand. He goes, you go into these, these nice little swanky little apartments, you know, in the valley, a little white valley. He says, you go in there and you ask for an apartment first. And he said, you see what they say to you. And he said, then I'm going to walk in behind you and ask. And he says, you tell me what happened. So I said, okay, you got a deal. So I'd go in. You know, do you have any vacancies? Oh, yes, yes, sure. And, I mean, they'd roll out the red carpet, you know, what kinds, what ties would you like? What, you know, what's your price range? You know, here's an application. And, I mean, they're just rolling out, would you like some coffee? You know, I mean, just totally welcoming me, right? Yeah. Rock and walk in 20 minutes later. Oh, no, we don't have any vacancies. We're full. <laughs> no! I'm, like, going, damn. Okay, so, because he's explaining to me why I need to rent the apartment. He's going, now you understand why you have to rent the apartment. He says, they won't even talk to me. 
So that's when I began to get it. And so then Rock started getting into, well, maybe he'd be a record producer. And you know what? I mean, that's how Ice-T actually got out, you now, know? Ice-T is in that area, right? He was, uh, or is he, uh, he's an L.A. guy, isn't he? Yeah. See, we would see Ice-T out there in Pimpton, so to speak. Where at? And I Give remember... Give Ice-T at Ice-T Street, ever meet him? in L.A. Oh, you know what's funny is I would see him at the Pimp Clubs. And but you weren't you could not see that's the thing when you're at a pimp club there is a very strict rule as a female that you cannot look at them you cannot speak at them but I would see him at the pimp clubs wow. so I was aware of him but no I could not speak to him <laughs> very very distinct protocol so you have to be very careful as a female not to do that yeah wow. you don't know what they're gonna do I mean they they could literally run off with you some do they call them gorilla pimps you look at a gorilla pimp and he will grab you and that's it you're gone you're whatever he wants to do with you so and you just don't know so you just don't look them in the eye and the clown bars were where they would go when they wanted to talk business with each other okay you could go into a clown bar and there would be 10 pimps sitting in the bar talking business with each other now when, wait you know when you say clown bar do you mean that's the actual title of the bar or is that just a nickname for yeah them? It was like a trademark almost. I mean, there was clown bars. There was one. There was like probably five in Southern California. Okay, so it was like a, a chain. They have a clown like logo, and you know, clown title in it. You know, and a clown logo, and you would know that's a pimp bar because no, you couldn't talk on the phone. So they'd go to the nearest clown bar to talk to each other. Unbelievable. And what had happened was there's this very well-known pimp called Bishop Don Juan, and they would have a birthday party for him once a year. First it was his birthday party, then it became the Pimp and Whore Ball. And what they would and at those yearly events, you would have pimps from all over the country coming to one place. That was the pimp convention. So, you know, you got the once a year event where they have their big show off. Everybody would come and show off. Who made the most money? Who was the biggest pimp? Who was the baddest pimp? Who had the most bitches? Who had you know, I mean, it was a crazy and you would see Ice T there. So yes, Ice T was a real pimp. He was at these underground balls before anybody even knew about him. Now, and that's what made it, when Ice-T started striking out into the music industry, that's what made it so striking, is that back then, pimps would stay pimps till they died. Here's this guy branching out into something else. So, of course, you're watching and noticing, like, is he really going to do it? Is he really going to make it out kind of a thing? So that's what gets on the radar that I know I was. I was watching him in the beginning to see if he was going to make it out. 